0: Hello and welcome to We're Watching What? I'm your host Dana, or the DHK as I'm known, and three things up for review this week. It's Hotel Transylvania, Transfermania, which is the fourth animated film in that series. It's Peacemaker, the new superhero show with John Cena, and season two of Cheer, the docu-series from Netflix. First up is Hotel Transylvania, Transformania, and full disclosure, I have not seen the three preceding films. I remember seeing a brief layout-ish clip of Hotel Transylvania at Comic-Con years and years ago and going, you know what, that's enough for me. But every once in a while, I like to, I guess, torture myself by giving a sequel a chance, not having seen the ones that came before it. And sometimes it works out, very rarely. But for example, I saw Paddington 2 without having seen Paddington and went, well, this is just a delight and went back and watched Paddington and those are wonderful films. Unfortunately, Hotel Transylvania, Transformania, I just... It's not that I couldn't follow what's going along. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to follow the plot of this film. I just don't understand what the appeal of these films is. They are relentlessly zany. And I try to be very generous towards animated films because my background is in that. I have a lot of friends who work in animation, and I know how much work goes into them. I also know how much work goes into a live-action film, but I think people underestimate the amount of effort that goes into an animated feature in particular, but... Oh my god, this was just so hard to watch, because it felt like, at this point, all of the actors were phoning it in. I assume they were. I wouldn't blame them. I'm sure it's an easy paycheck at this point. Given the voice cast, you're like, yeah, alright, sure. Who would say no to a paycheck like this? It's got Selena Gomez, Andy Samberg, Jim Gaffigan, Katherine Hahn, Steve Buscemi, Molly Shannon, David Spade, Keegan-Michael Key, Fran Drescher, and I'm just like... You know what? Do you. Get your money. I can't begrudge this. But as a person who doesn't have children, you know, I would say a lot of animation is aimed at being family friendly. That doesn't mean adults can't enjoy it. But as someone who is outside of the target, I would say audience for Hotel Transylvania, Transformania, it was brutal. I almost turned it off. It is, again, relentlessly zany is the way I'm choosing to describe this film. I guess children must like these because this is the fourth one, but... I cannot see the redeeming qualities in it. Maybe the first one was good or acceptable and they've just gotten more diluted since. But if I was to choose something to watch and to choose something to watch with my family, this would not be it. There are so many better things out there. Watch Encanto for the 200th time. Watch Paddington 2. Watch anything but this I feel like you're just gonna have a headache at the end of it again it's not hard to follow you don't have to have seen the prior ones I'm sure it helps a little bit but you know it's pretty self-explanatory Dracula has a daughter and you know now it's about a passing of a torch for the ownership of this hotel and he doesn't like his son-in-law and blah 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 theoretically universal themes but ugh, I just I I, you know I, I, I said this for the 355 last week but January is A rough time of year, usually. And, you know, the fact that a Halloween movie, really, this should have been a Halloween movie. Although, ironically, Scream came out this week, but I don't watch scary movies generally. So there is something to be said for this second week of January being a a horror theme. But, you know, Hotel T you'd think this should have come out in October. The fact that they moved it to January, I think speaks volumes as to how they felt about how it would do. But you know, if you have Amazon Prime, it's included with your subscription. That's probably the nicest thing I can say for it. But uh, I just, if, if, unless you are so desperate for something to watch this week with your kids, I would I would say far, far, far away from this. I'm gonna give it 1.6 out of 5, because I even also feel like the animation itself was phoned in, because you know, there's something to be said for pushing a cartoony style and having room to experiment, you know, it's an opportunity for a lot of young animators to get something on their reel. You can point to your skills with this stuff, but even those sequences felt lacking and so you know if the voice acting's phoned in if the script is just dull as hell and the animation itself isn't even trying to showcase what the medium can do what's the point so I'm gonna give it 1.6 out of 5 I'm gonna take a quick break and be right back and I'm back Next up is Peacemaker. It's a new series from HBO Max, and it's a spin-off of the latest Suicide Squad film from director-writer James Gunn. And I get it, James Gunn is not for everyone. However, I am a fan, especially of what he does in the superhero genre. So it stars John Cena as Peacemaker, who you could see in the last Suicide Squad movie, and... Look, I just have a thing for wrestlers turned more serious actors because there's a lot of acting involved in wrestling, let's be honest. So, you know, The Rock is my number one, but I love someone like Dave Batista, and I love someone like John Cena and ironically Dave Batista also well used by James Gunn in Guardians of the Galaxy as Drax. Very similar sort of actually vibes in terms of Peacemaker is a character who takes themselves so seriously, and the humor works as a byproduct of that. You know, I think the thing that works most about Peacemaker is that everyone is so committed to the absurdity of what's going on. You know, the physical comedy that's involved with these big, hulking, brutish looking men, is—it, I just think it's a recipe for a lot of humor, especially if done right. And for me, at least, Peacemaker is done very, very right. Again, I'm fully acknowledging this is not going to be for everyone. There's a lot of humor about sensitive topics, I would say, and hopefully you get that it's coming from a place of making fun of ignorance, not being ignorant itself, but it is a fine line and I know a lot of people can struggle with that. You know, I, I myself sometimes I'm like, eh did this cross the line? I don't think Peacemaker crosses the line, but I also will acknowledge that, you know, you might be valid in feeling that it does or crosses the line for you. But I just think it's very funny. You know, Peacemaker is basically, what, a D-list superhero? I don't even know if he's considered a superhero. But he is roped in by the government in order to work on some clandestine operations. And then the show centers around him and the rest of the team. And the rest of the team is filled out by Steve Agee, Jennifer Holland, Danielle Brooks, Freddie Stroma, Chuck Woody Iwoji, and Robert Patrick plays his father. He has As an eagle sidekick it's just it's the right level for me of absurd uh it's a little bit it's a lot bit violent but again I think the commitment to the bit essentially is what makes the show for me and so if you liked Suicide Squad if you liked Guardians of the Galaxy you know I would say give this a chance if you know from the get-go that this is really just off-putting to you I think it's okay to skip it but if you fall somewhere in between and you're you know curious about it I say give it a watch they dropped the first three episodes It's just, I had so much fun watching it. And also the opening title sequence brings me so much joy. It's just so absurd. And I think it encapsulates sort of the weird vibe of it where, anyway, you just have to watch it. So please give it a chance. Peacemaker is on HBO. And the last thing I have this week is season two of Cheer. It's quite possible you've already binged it all already because it came out on Wednesday, but on the off chance you haven't, season two is out now. And I got to say, you know, season one... Felt like it came out of nowhere. I think the way I would describe the overall... Vibe of season one is ultimately one of positivity. You know, you've got these elite level athletes doing these super impressive stunts. You've got their coach who is a very intense but seemingly caring person. But then season two takes place in just such a different world. You know, you've got the visibility on all these people and the added pressure of not just the cheer community knows who they are, but now, you know, the world kind of knows who they are. You've got sort of the infighting amongst the people who weren't featured in season one, and, and I would say jealousy or envy maybe of the spotlight being on half the team, but not the others. Then you've also got, you know, some complicating real-world factors in it addresses up front, you know, some of the people from the team, some of the most uplifting people from the first season of the team like for example spoilers but not if because if you've heard the news you know Jerry it's a very dark storyline you know Jerry went to prison for doing a very bad thing but then the show does reckon with that happening and it doesn't shy away from it but it's certainly not cheery and then the other thing about season two is that it actually also includes uh, a rival school from down the road so you've got two teams that you're focusing on and then just to add a cherry on top to all of it covid. So, you know, I I think it's a it's a very different show in many senses. You also do have the things that made the core of the first season in that you're still watching these elite athletes struggle with the challenges of the sport they are doing. You also get the backstories which are whew, they are tough, you know, you've got some returning characters who are compelling, you've got some new characters entering the fray, but you know, I also it's interesting because it's 3 episodes longer than the first season and It did feel long, certainly. You know, I remember blazing through the first season of Cheer. For season two, I had to take a couple breaks, in part because just the emotional heaviness of it also was something that I needed to step away from for a moment. But if you liked season one, I think you'll like season two. There's enough of the DNA from the first season in terms of all the competition stuff to just keep you going through. You just have to reckon with the the consequences of, you know, the world that season two takes place in. So season two of Cheer is out on Netflix now. That has been it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, we would love it if you could leave us a rating or a review or even consider subscribing.